Do I really go need to explain out. that to you? <laughs> Oh my down. gosh! Well, I apologize, dear yeah. listeners, for leaving you with that uh, with that yeah. thought. Um, anyhow, embrace yourself as it is. You only have one host, and it is beautiful. So, and here, uh, speaking of glamour, people, maybe one of the originals, uh, Madonna. I have the same goal I've had ever since I was a girl. I want to rule the world. <laughs> That's done and done. Well, she's done, done pretty done. darn well yeah. job. Yeah, Bang up job. Yeah. Well, Russian Tim is in the house. I just saw him uh, with Rocket from Russia coming up next. You've been listening to the end of the world news. That is the end for this week. I'll be seeing you next week. And thanks for thanks for your time. And and please call us. Marion, we missed you this time. I have a quote for you, by the way. Mm. So next time, please call because I have, uh, I have something I want to uh, share with you. Anyhow, I, har- I hardly strayed from the mic at all today, Marion. That's just, right. Just so See, you know. you, you, you I got the, you I got the stern eye from Lauren a couple times. And That's right. You know, there you go. All right. Ciao.
On Friday, December 20th, it's the 6th Annual Kingfisher Blues Christmas Party. Featuring Needles and Pins, Beelines, Tally Ho Ho Ho, Village, Gal Grayson, Sean Morazic Lives, Zen Mystery Fog, Tim the Mute, and Cool. Plus you get a free 7-inch record at the door. Tickets are available at Red Cat Records, Neptune Records, and Zulu Records. Sponsored by CITR. My check one two one two. What's up? This is Ivan, Jared, and Bogdan, and we're from Beautified. Unified. You're listening to CITR 101.9 FM live at UBC Vancouver. Leave your winter blues and bring your dancing shoes and join us at the Backstage Lounge on Granville Island, Friday, December 13th, with two local funk sensations, The Unified and Deep Seated. Doors at 9, covers 10 bucks. See you there. One way that old plunker is going to make you feel good again. Donate it to Bullying Canada. Check this out. Free towing or pickup of your old vehicle. A tax-deductible receipt. And a super easy process. Online at BullyingCanada.ca. Get rid of that old vehicle and feel good about supporting real solutions for change in your community. Donate your old or used vehicle to Bullying Canada today. Full details online at BullyingCanada.ca. Hey, Horace, give us three shots of your best bourbon. And have that Russian waiter I like bring it over. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Russian Tim, and I'm the host of weekly punk rock radio show called Rocket from Russia. Tune into CITR 101.9 FM every Thursday from 10 to 11 a.m. And you can also find the podcast on CITR.ca, iTunes, and my blog, rocketfromrussia.tumblr.com. Hey, this is KJ from Chicks Diggit, and you are listening to CRTR 101.9 FM in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada.
Hello, 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 my friends. You are listening to the radio station CITR on 101.9 FM in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. This is weekly punk rock radio show called Rocket from Russia. My name is Russian Tim and welcome to this program, my dear friends. Great success. Uh, we just heard a song by a legendary Canadian band called Chicks Dig It. And that was a song called Thursday Night uh, from their album called From Scene to Shining Scene. Uh, Thursday night, it is not night, but it is Thursday and Rocket from Russia, uh, as usual, on uh, CITR 101.9 FM, starting at 10 o'clock. But today is a little exception, today is a special two-hour episode, and like I told you before, uh, today I start uh, sort of a trifecta, or like three episodes in a row, uh, sort of uh, best of uh, 2013. Uh... The last episode of the year will be all the best songs of 2014. Uh, the next week will be all the best uh, local releases of 2013. And uh, today uh, I will play you best uh, pieces of uh, interviews. Uh, which I've done uh, this year. Uh, to me, it was uh, this is the first time I'm doing that, so I'm not sure what will be the feedback, and I'm actually very curious to see. But uh, what I've done today, I just p- went through all the interviews I've done last year and picked sort of the best, uh, in my opinion, the most interesting uh, moments, and I backed every sort of segment of uh, the interview uh, with a song or two, uh, you know, especially when it makes sense. In a lot of parts, it will be when I actually ask specific questions about. Uh, a specific song and to my opinion in my opinion this is the most interesting sort of aspect of the show because uh, you know sometimes you just uh, listen to the song but you curious to know what the band uh, sort of meant or you know how the song was written things like that so to me as a fan of music and as a fan of bands I've talked to uh, to me it was really cool to sort of do that uh, there will be also another few different stories and few different things but uh, I hope you will enjoy that uh, um, and I, like I said, I'm very curious to uh, hear sort of your feedback. Uh, today will be lots of lots of different interviews. Um, even right now, looking at uh, on the list which I have prepared for you, I have people uh, like uh, Swinging Others, Old Man Markley, Teenage Bottle Rocket, uh, Transplants, uh, Gogol Bardello, uh, Mike Park of Asian Man Records, uh, Polar Bear Club, uh, Canadian bands uh, Steve Adamuk, Sonic Avenues. Uh, there's 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 a lot of cool uh, uh, interesting bands, and I'm really hoping that you will enjoy that. Uh, let's start with probably the most. I can say probably the most important, uh, not the best, but the most important interview for me of this year. It was uh, my conversation in February uh, with Joey Cape of Lagwagon. Uh, Lagwagon is one of the key bands for me. Um, probably I have maybe about 10 bands which are uh, key and important to me. And Lagwagon is one of those bands, the bands which I comp- uh, fanatically follow everything. And uh, talking to Joey to... Uh, he- sort of maybe a hero in some shape or form was a very interesting uh, experience for me. So in this part uh, we talked about um, one of his uh, side projects, a band called uh, uh, Plain Favorites and uh, he told a very interesting story in my opinion about an unreleased uh, 7 inch uh, which never came out um, and uh, but I managed to find a song from that unreleased 7 inch and play uh, played it on the show. So let's start. This is best of the interviews, a special two-hour show of Rocket from Russia, and this is uh, my conversation with Joe Cape of Lagwagon. Let's start. Uh, this is it. This is happening. Uh, 
another question my friend uh, Andy who runs the record label in Edmonton when's lunch records he asked, asked me to ask this question where, where? Uh, in Edmonton in Edmonton and what's the, his name now uh, Andy and he runs the record label when's lunch records when's lunch <laughs> good name and he asked about the playing favorites uh, oh wow and he, cool. he heard some story uh, that about unreleased seven inches through there was a uh, like a, a double seven inch uh-huh. that we made and it was supposed to get um, it was supposed to get released on Suburban Home Vinyl Collective and then you know the, I basically Suburban Home folded they, they went under uh-huh. like they, they're gone now and it, it, you know I don't know Virgil talked about putting it out for on Suburban Home the owner of Virgil is a friend of mine He talked about putting that album out for like a year, and I finally just gave up. I never. I saw the artwork. I knew what it looked like. The gatefold. I did all the liner notes. Mm-hmm. It's a double CD. It had uh, seven inch. It had gatefold. It seven, six songs, seven songs. I mean, it sucks. The version of of the Ramones are dead. Uh-huh. That version is actually you can find it online. I just I just put it out into the world because I was so bummed the seven inch didn't come out. I was like, fuck it. So I just put it out there. And uh, I think if you go to like YouTube, you can find the playing favorites. The Ramones are dead, and you can hear what that seven inch sounded like. It's it's really raw. We recorded it at our drummer's garage. You know, it's like it's pretty garage. You know. But um, but it sounds cool. It's it's really cool. We had these Japanese backing vocals on it. And these two Japanese or three Japanese girls that were visiting Texas. We were in Texas, and that's where our drummer lived at the time. And it's really weird. They just we ended up having them do backing vocals on it. It sounds really cool. They sound like little kids. I can't listen to the records from my younger years. Pacify my bitter ears.
Hello, hello, hello! You're listening to Rocket from Russia on CITR, and today, uh, if you missed the beginning of the show, I'm doing playing you the best uh, segments from the interview I've completed and uh, done uh, this uh, year. Uh, we just heard a bit of a conversation with uh, my uh, Joey Cape of Lagwagon, and then after that, we heard a song by his uh, sort of a side project, a side band called The Plain Favorites, and that was a song called Ramon's a Dad from that unreleased Seven uh, H that Joey talked about later on this uh, this song was uh, recorded uh, acoustically and uh, electrically and then came out on a different under different name but originally uh, that song was um, uh, written uh, under the name of plain favorites all right uh, let's move on uh, let's move on to the second uh, bits uh, and this uh, this this was the uh, this will be the segment uh, from my interview with uh, swinging others with Johnny uh, to me, this interview was awesome because uh, at that time, um, I was super, I'm still loving uh, this new album, but uh, when I was asked to do this interview, uh, I was absolutely obsessed with this record. So that's why for me, it was absolutely interesting to talk to him and because I was listening like every day to this record and it was really easy for me to sort of prepare for the interview because there were so many uh, interesting uh, things I wanted to ask uh, the band about uh, the songwriting. So let's... Uh, uh, let's listen. Uh, this is uh, me talking to Johnny off swinging others. Hmm? Uh, best of interviews 2013. Uh, I know that one of your favorite songs on the album is uh, Military Barbara Billingsley. Uh, why does the song stand out for you? Uh, first of all, the title is really strange. No <laughs> one can really understand why I came up with that, but uh, <laughs> it has something to do with um, this TV show in America called project runway and it's uh one of the designers on that show looked like barbara billingsley <laughs> the mother in and leave it to beaver <laughs> and uh i was commenting to my wife that it looks like a military barbara billingsley and uh <laughs> she said you should name a song that so i did that and then i sort of took off from there and uh the music sort of has a clash feel too, so mm-hmm. um, that's probably why it's my one of my favorites. Very influenced by the clash, so.
Hello, hello, hello. Uh, this is Rocket from Russia on CITR 11.9 FM and CITR.ca. Uh, broadcasting live from University of British Columbia, Canada. Today's special episode, best interviews and best segments from the interviews I've done in uh, 2013. We heard a uh, song by Swingin' Others uh, from their uh, new studio album, Poorly Formed, which came out this year on Fat Records. And that was, like Johnny explained, it was a song called Military Barbara Billingsley. Uh, like you said, a weird title, but uh, that's why it's interesting, you know, they explain why, you know, why they named the song like that in that weird way. Cool. Uh, next uh, next part again uh, will be specifically a question about one song uh, I was interested in. And it turned out even even better. It, it transcribed in two songs sort of answer. And I will play you both of them. Uh, that was an interview with Dan Vapid of uh, Dan Vapid and the Cheats, one of my favorite releases of this year. And it was a pretty similar situation with... Uh, Dan Vapid's album, uh, I was uh, when they were in town, I was obsessed with this album. I still listen to it almost every week. Uh, but uh, that day, I was listening, I don't know, a few times per day. I'm, I'm in love with Dan Vapid's uh, new album. Uh, so the question uh, I asked about the song... Uh, about the track of the album and uh, Dan, Dan did a, uh, a very interesting explanation because he said that this song originally was inspired by an old band called by a song by an old band called The Choir uh, so I played uh, both songs uh, to see how the uh, song by The Choir influenced and song by uh, Dan Vapid and the Chits so let's hear um, hope you hope you it will be interesting for you uh, Dan Vapid and the Chits uh, uh, best of interviews 2013 on Rocket from Russia yeah, because I was actually for a long time I was looking for that sound because I love the early Beatles when they to me because it sounds like a modern day pop punk. If they would have played those songs today, they sounded like pop punk bands. So I was looking for a long time to find this ideal blend of pop punk band doing early Beatles. And I hear that in your new studio album. Wow. Well, that's uh, that's quite a compliment. Thank you. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it, if you do hear that, it, it's definitely not intentional. I mean, it's just uh, it's coming from just probably, you know. Um, I mean, I like a lot of kind of music, so. Um, but I definitely think there are pieces in there that mm-hmm. make that are influential. So, uh-huh. because you know. to me, "Cold and Rainy Days" could be on a hard day's night easily. Oh, okay. Actually, can that, you hear it now? Um, actually, that song is influenced by a band called The Choir. Uh, they're a '60s band. Uh-huh. Uh, they have a song called. Um, and, uh, and now it's cold outside. Uh-huh. Actually, the Queers actually did a cover of it, and uh, Stiv Baders have, have done a cover of it. And uh, that song that I was thinking about that song one day, and I thought, well, you know, if there was like, uh, if that song could go on a little bit longer, what do, what would it be saying? I thought, you know, that he would get through through that uh, those feelings eventually, and I think people tend tend to get through, um, you know, hard breakups or whatever, or divorces or whatever, and eventually you find somebody else. And uh, you can learn to, to love again. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that song, and that's probably why you're thinking that. But that's mm-hmm. a, that, that song is influenced by a band called The Choir, yeah, from the 60s. Well, my world used to be sunny And jokes used to be funny But now you're gone And everything's turned all around To be warm And then there was a storm But now you're gone And everything's turned upside down 
This is what's interesting for me, how you can see that, you know, this is how this song came about. It was influenced by the by the song which was written about uh, 50 years ago, roughly. Uh, and then, you know, 
this song is pretty much the second part or like a continue uh, point uh, from this song which was written about 50 years ago to right now that's why you know I think um, I think that that's my it might be interesting for you as listeners uh, to listen to this episode I'm really hoping that's not too boring but uh, um, I don't know I, I'm hoping you're enjoying it and uh, this is interesting for you uh, next um, Next uh, song uh, and next part of the interview, sort of in the same direction because I was curious about uh, specifically one song and that was a song uh, called Blindfold by the band called Old Man Markley. They were here in summer and I talked to Katie and Annie of uh, the band Old Man Markley, uh, for the band which releases their music on Fat Records and they play a crazy awesome uh, mix of bluegrass and punk rock music. Uh, interesting band, uh, amazing band to see live, super fun. By the way, they're coming back in January. Uh, I believe it's January 8th at the Commodore Ballroom. So uh, if you like what you hear uh, in a few minutes, uh, check them out. Uh, extremely awesome band. Uh, again, so just uh, Blindfold is uh, the best, uh, my favorite, my favorite a song on their new studio album. And I had a question about it. And Amy and Katie did an amazing job uh, telling me everything about the song Blindfold by Old Man Markley. Best of 2013 interviews on the rocket from Russia. Old Man Markley, Blindfold. Coming from the legendary uh, music, the Temple family, Annie, you are not only the wonderful autohar player, you're also wonderful on Melodica. On September 24th of 2011, at the bar called Three Kings Tavern in Denver, when you played the Slim Cessna Auto Club, you joined Johnny for the version of Guts and Tea for the first time with Melodica. On this album, you uh, recorded uh, in studio for the... Um, a song called Blindfold. This is my favorite song on the album. Is I, it? I love it. You know, you know how I told you I have Russian uh, brother-in-law. Yeah. So his parents, they're from um, uh, Ukraine. Oh, really? They're Ukrainian. I think so. Same, same, same. as Alex. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, they have also told me it's their favorite song on the album, and they said it's like Russian bluegrass. The the, <laughs> the tone of it. Uh, they the said it's like it's like a bit. Russian bluegrass song. I said okay. Good. I'm glad you like that one. And I don't know. I can say that I feel the Russian. The thing for me was I felt the Jamaican feel because Augustus oh, Pablo played melodica. Yeah, he did. And this is was how I, like, I talked about that with um, Roger from the Agrolites too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, they're huge yeah. fans. Yeah.
or just keep doing what you're told. Hello? Hello, hello, that was Old Man Markley with their song called Blindfold uh, from their new album Downside Up which came out this year on Fat Records. Uh, as you can hear the mix of bluegrass, uh, punk rock, uh, melodica and reggae sound and Russian bluegrass and you know uh, after they told me that, uh, that you know that their Russian uh, friends um, sort of heard the Russian vibe. I re-listened to the song and I can definitely hear it. Especially, I think it's the auto harp sound. Uh, definitely gives it. I don't know what I was uh, listening to when I was originally listening to the song, but now I can hear the Russian bluegrass in that song. All right, uh, let's move on. Hopefully, that's still interesting to you. What's going on here? The playing the best uh, segments of the interviews I've done uh, this year. Uh, coming up next, I have, uh, I have two um, interviews, and in both interviews, we talked about. Uh, songs uh, from the up, from the new compilation which came out this year on Fat Records, a tribute to Tony Sly. Uh, unfortunately, Tony Sly of uh, the band No Use for a Name uh, passed away, and uh, as everyone understands, Tony uh, left uh, too early. Uh, like Fat Mike said in the press release for this compilation, that uh, Tony wasn't done. That's why uh, you know his certain passing away is so painful because he had so many more amazing songs to write. This compilation turned out just amazing. Uh, the idea, which uh, almost worked, uh, or not 100% worked, uh, that uh, the idea was that the punk rock bands doing uh, versions of uh, Tony's acoustic songs and then acoustic bands, bands like Old Markley and uh, just other acoustic uh, versions, doing uh, versions of No Use For Name songs. Uh, it didn't work exactly quite like it was planned, uh, but it is, uh, well, like that's the idea, sort of the concept behind this tribute album. Uh, I know that uh, Fat Mike was actually suggesting uh, bands to do specific uh, songs, and um, no, not every cover was, but he had an ideas which band uh, will will do a good version of a uh, which specific song and uh, in the next uh, two episodes that will be uh, interviews with uh, John Snodgrass of uh, Drag the River and Teenage Bottle Rocket they will tell why and how they did uh, versions of uh, those uh, no use for name uh, songs and Tony Sly sounds uh, let's start with John Snodgrass I really like uh, his story how uh, he uh, did a version of a no use for name song called on the outside and after his story will obviously we'll hear uh, his version of On the Outside. Let's check it out. John Snodgrass talking about uh, the story, how he covered On the Outside for Tony Sly's uh, tribute compilation on Fat Records. Fat Records is releasing tribute to Tony Sly and I know that uh, many, many bands are involved in this great compilation, this project. Which songs uh, did you choose uh, for that album? Uh, Mike chose for me to do a song. I guess I can say what I'm doing. I did on the outside, and uh, it's kind of a pretty good story, though. Actually, I uh, I was in Europe. I wanted to do something, and I did a song with Tim uh, McGrath from Res Against, and then uh, I did a song with Joey and Brian, like a Scorpius thing. But I kind of wanted to do one too. And when Mike asked me to do it, I was about a week into a European tour. He's like, "I need." A country version, band version of On the Outside. I'm like, dang, my country band is in Colorado and I'm in Germany. What am I going to do? So I started thinking, well, I guess I, maybe I can find some people over here. I know Digger Barnes, and like, there's a lot of cool people over there. So I was trying to think of what I could do. 
And I was like, who do I know, though, that has a good studio with a good country band that could just whip something up, like, real quick for me? And I thought of my friend Chris Shithrit, who used to be in No Use Your Name, and played the guitar on that song. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. This is a Hail Mary pass, but we'll see if I can pull this off. And he did it. And he sent it back to me. And I sang it in Berlin with this girl named Nessie, who knows me and Tony and like she played shows with all of us so it was perfect and it's a German girl singing the background vocal and yeah so I got Chris Shiflett's Dead Peasants band to do it it's pretty cool and then I was on the plane flying home and I just had a daughter so I'm kind of in a bubble and I don't know a lot of new movies and stuff I go I want to watch this movie called Sound City I don't know what this is but I should check this out like oh I think it's like a Foo Fighters you know type thing so I watch it, and then at the end, I seen all the credits and the name of the other studio, and I'm like looking at my phone because I was sending the credits to Fat, asked Chris to send me all the credits, and I'm just looking. I'm like, that's the fucking place. That's the place. Wow. <laughs> so I was pretty lucky. It worked out real good, and Joey helped help me. Uh, you know, you know, just yeah, it was good. We all got involved in it. It was good. Bye. 
Hello, 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 you're listening to Rocket from Russia, and we just heard uh, John Snodgrass and Chris Schiffeld's uh, band called The Dead Peasants uh, doing a version of No Use for a Name song called On the Outside, and this is a song of... Uh the tribute to Tony Sly, which came out uh, this year. Uh, in my opinion, uh, you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, it's all a personal thing, what you like, which albums is your favorite album of the year. But, you know, for punk rock music, just, you know, for the history of punk rock, I think this compilation is probably the most important release which came out this year, just to sort of remember Tony's life and just to, you know, for the history, for the history of punk rock, uh, and let uh, let's uh, like I said, the second uh, song of this compilation, I uh, talked to Ray of uh, Teenage Battle Rocket. They did a version of uh, Teenage Battle Rocket version did a version of uh, Tony Solo's uh, song called Via Munich, and uh, so it's like it's opposite. Uh, we heard that how. Um, the acoustic version of No Use song. Now we'll hear the electric version of uh, Tony's uh, solo song. Uh, so yeah, this is Ray. Uh, he will tell you how uh, they picked uh, the song uh, via Munich, and then we'll hear the song. Pretty pretty cool version, and I'm stoked to play this for you. Uh, Ray of Teenage Ball Rocket, and uh, then uh, their version of via Munich. In the end of October, Tribute to Tony Sly comes out on Fat Records, and you contributed a song from Tony's solo material called Via Munich. I heard that uh, Fat Mike, as a producer of the compilation, sometimes suggested uh, artists to do a certain song. Did he suggest you to do the song, or was it your choice? No, yeah, we chose that song because we toured with Tony Sly, and he was touring with that record. And originally I thought that Mike wanted to put together a comp where it was like featuring electric bands or punk rock bands doing Tony's acoustic songs and then bands like Old Man Markley and the acoustic sort of bands and solo artists doing No Use for a Name songs so that's sort of what leaned us towards that because we thought that's what Mike was going for but I think that idea was out the window at the end but I'm glad with the way that VM Munich turned out and yeah it was special to us because he performed that song every night when we were on tour with him
So that was a Teenage Ball Rockets version of uh, Tony Sly's a solo song called Via Munich. And if you know the original, like it's completely not kind of like melodically, obviously it's the same and lyrically it's the same song, but an absolutely different take on a song from a relatively low key um, acoustic song to a classic pop punk Teenage Ball Rocket sound. Uh, great compilation. Check it out. The uh, songs of Tony Sly tribute um, uh, released this year on Fat Records. Especially if you love uh, No Use for a Name, it's a great record to own and to check out and I know that all the proceeds are going to Tony's family so uh, great reason to, to check out this record all right uh, let's move on uh, another another sort of uh, specific uh, question about specific uh, song and then uh, song to follow uh, by a Canadian band which play in Vancouver last night the flatliners just destroyed the Baltimore cabaret I had just an, an amazing time last night at the uh, at the flatliner show what so a lot of amazing and uh, friends and it's it's like the, I think it was close to sold out or um, at least like the, the venue was the Baltimore was full and flatliners and living the Lions just killed it. Uh, so, in the next uh, bit of uh, this uh, best of uh, interviews thing, uh, I will play you a sort of a song uh, by the Flatliners called The Cultron Girls. Uh, Girls. Uh, this is a song of uh, the Split 7-inch which came out uh, this uh, summer uh, in June on Rise Records. Uh, the Flatliners released a Split 7-inch that make do and mend. And this uh, song uh, is uh, featured on uh, this uh, side, uh, Flatliner side, Cultron Girls. So, let's hear it's a pretty interesting and uh, relative, not relative, but I think it's unusual topic uh, for a song, and I think interesting. Uh, sorry, so this is the Flatliners. Uh, uh, Chris is talking about the song Calitron Girls. Uh, let's listen. Yeah, Calitron Girls is just basically about um, uh, there were a certain group of uh, their women that were involved with building nuclear weapons, and they had no idea, and they were just basically they were stationed. Uh, in, in front of these super old, obviously like archaic-looking computers, you know what I mean? Like not not at all how we would imagine computers now, like gigantic screens, and just they were trying to just uh, they were told to just measure and and balance these lights on a screen, I guess. And uh, they had no idea what they were doing, is they were actually helping you know the process to build a nuclear bomb, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs>
Hello, hello, hello. That was the flatliners uh, that Kalutron girls of the Split 7 Inch that make Do and Man, uh, which came out uh, this summer, and Splitliners killed it last night at the Biltmore Cabaret. Um, I don't know, hopefully, hopefully this is interesting uh, to, uh, to you, this uh, today is a reminder why I'm doing the playing all the best uh, segments of uh, the interviews which I've done this year, and uh, today is a special two-hour show, so uh, this uh, this whole uh, setup uh, will continue for another uh, 65 minutes. Uh, let's move on, uh, the next interview was a little bit unusual, it was the Tom of the band called Menzingers, and uh, they were here this uh, spring, and uh, I interviewed Tom uh, just about six months uh, before uh, before uh, this interview happened this year, so there was not really. I didn't really have any sort of new, nothing new happened to the band. There was new, no new releases, nothing really changed. So I asked all the questions which I wanted to ask uh, originally last year, uh, but I still wanted to, to do the. I was on for to do the interview and you know talking to Menzingers well, again, a band which I really like and follow. Um, hmm, I can't just lose this opportunity. So I was thinking, what can I do? And I did a little bit. Interesting project in my opinion and uh, Tom said that it was interesting to him as well uh, I know his favorite band is The Clash so I decided to focus the whole interview about him and The Clash and how he as a good songwriter uh, is a fan of uh, one of the most important bands in history of music so the whole idea was that I had the records of uh, every album uh, of, by The Clash and um, I asked him, him sort of what's your relationship to this album and I gave him the record he was flipping the record uh, sort of going through the lists and he sort of explained uh, his relationship to this record when he heard it um, what was he doing at his moment of life and he was listening to the record or first time heard it so it was really cool uh, you know as a fan of the band to see how you know you're a fan of the band but they're also a fan of other bands so it, it's cool this you know transition between generations uh, from nowadays uh, from us uh, to legends uh, like the clash so i will play you a little little segment of tom talking about uh, the the debut album uh, and uh, then we will hear uh, the career uh, the song called career opportunity so let's hear this is Tom of Men Zingers talks about his love uh, for the band The Clash. Oh yeah, this is the self-titled. This is probably I think this is the third record I heard of theirs. Um, love it, man. But yeah, we actually went to the steps on the cover and took our picture there while we were in Camden. That was really cool. Uh, yeah, man. My favorite song on here is probably. Damn, the Police and Thieves cover is so good, but. Um, Career opportunities, just because of how it was like a, a, at the time when I was listening to the record, it was like a really smart punk song kind of, you know, and it was still snotty and, and straightforward and goofy and not that like, uh, I don't know, I, I don't know, esoteric's not the right word, not like really um, artful, I guess, I don't know. But it's, yeah, that was definitely my favorite song on this record. I think there's so many good ones though. And you got White Riot, I'm so bored with the USA. Such a great, great record. Love it, man. This is also the one that the U.S. and the uh, the English version are different. They have different songs. I believe this one is Canadian. Oh, it's Canadian. Yeah. Shit, I'm throwing a wrench in the works, man. I don't even have any idea. I think it's like a similar. I'm not sure, but I think it's similar to American version, just the Canadian bracing. Oh, okay, that from makes sense. CBS. Yeah. So I forget which one had which song and which one. Like, there's a song missing on one of them. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what it is. Might have been remote control. But yeah, this is this is awesome. Man. Show! 
Tőled ide van, de ne van nap Ez úgy jobb lájába, hogy is te kifiúlt a dal Ne lejjön rap, hogy tőled ide van, ne van nap Hello, 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 this is CATR Rocket from Russia, best of 2013 interviews. Uh, happening here uh, live uh, broadcasting from University of British Columbia like I said uh, today is a two-hour special episode so there's another hour of uh, this whole situation with interviews and music uh, actually coming up next there will be the only uh, sort of segment of the interview which won't be backed up by a song but it will be backed up by another interview so two interviews uh, a little bit uh, change it up and that was uh, a part of my conversation the skin and drop of the band called the transplants transplants is a sort of a su- super group uh, super group uh, featuring Travis Barker of uh, blink 182 uh, Tim Armstrong uh, from rancid and the skin and drop um, they opened uh, this summer for rancid both nights at Commodore ball Commodore ballroom and uh, before that those shows I had an interview this uh, Rob of the transplants um, obviously I really wanted to ask him him question and I wasn't sure should I do that or not but I just risked it and it turned out pretty pretty cool in my opinion uh, like you know uh, Nardwar he is the legend a legend of Canadian journalism and um, he definitely has his own style as you probably know uh, but uh, not everyone get it and uh, that's a that's that, that's you know that's the part of the whole of this part of the game and you know you've probably seen those interviews then just uh, the band just doesn't get the uh, Nardwar and they start acting interesting and that was uh, that what happened uh, back in the middle of 2000 and transplants played a warp tour in Vancouver and were interviewed by uh, by Nardwar I suppose like, uh, Rob was pretty respectful but uh, Travis Barker wasn't uh, so uh, and then I obviously asked uh, Rob if he remembered what happened and uh, he told the story that he did so let's hear first I'll play you the actual the original interview Nardwar versus uh, transplants and then me versus Rob uh, talking about Nardwar versus transplants pretty complicated but I hope it makes sense who are you Travis Rob. Rob. from the transplants What 
about this guy right here? Just finishing off with the rap influence as I reach into my pocket. Sugar free. Oh, yeah. Sugar free. Oh, you did research on that, son. <laughs> yeah, also, right there. If you don't have that, sugar free street gospel, go get that. What can you tell people about sugar free? His flow is incredible, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, for sure. And once again, you know, another real pimp. You know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't bullshitting, you know what I'm saying? And uh, that's just classic West Coast right here, you know what I'm saying? Like, Sugar free. Travis, when you joined the transplants, or were you at the transplants the initial time that Rob was in the transplants? Are you a latecomer to the transplants? No, I was a latecomer. When you joined the transplants, were you aware of how down with hip hop Rob was? That's stupid. What do you mean? I'm saying that's a stupid question. Well, Rob is really, really down with it. And you know why it's not stupid? Because check this out. This is how down Rob was with hip hop. Right here, this is you, Rob, as a member of the Black yeah. Student Union. There is Rob right there. Yeah. What is going on there? That is down with it. Rob, as a member of the Black Student Union? Well, yeah, it was originally like multicultural club called Brothers is United, but because of whatever agenda and reasons to change it up because you can see there's other people besides black kids. But yeah, freshman year, Clubs West. Transplants, you guys were in a shampoo commercial a little while back. Well, we weren't. Our instrumental for one of our songs was. Uh, no, maybe you're the wrong person to ask, Rob, but did you use the shampoo at all? No, but I know a gang of bitches that do and they swear by it and they gave us a gang of money so I didn't matter. What did you guys do with the money you got from the shampoo commercial? I bought deodorant. What did you do with the money? Did you buy a car? No, I probably smoked it all away. So was it casting a shadow over you? No, you're putting your microphone too close to my face and you're gonna make me mad. Oh, sorry you're about that. Me. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Why am I irritating you? Because you're putting your microphone too close to my face. Well, I was afraid that you weren't speaking loud enough. No, I just... Okay, well, anything else you want to add to the people? Can we please keep this rolling? Can we, can we please keep this rolling? Finish off the interviews, do 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 do. Thank you very much, Transplants. Anything else you want to add to the people of Parallel Travis? No, I'm all good. How was that on my placement? That was better. Thank you, I'm learning. I'm not a professional, but I am learning. Anything else you want to add to the people of Parallel Travis? If you don't have these records, UGK, Sugar Free, Macro, We Are Trap, go get them. Well, thanks so much, Transplants. Keep on rocking in the free world and do 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 do. In 2005, you played uh, in Vancouver with the Transplants at the Warp Tour. Mm -hmm. uh, that day, you did an interview with Nardwar, the Human Serviette. What do you remember about this interview? Uh, I remember he had a uh, Sugar Free album on vinyl, which was awesome. Um, I remember like our tour manager at the time stopping it for whatever reason. And it's like you know, I get it, we get it. Like that dude's whole thing is to you know kind of get under your skin and try and, you know, you know, make you look stupid or whatever, but who cares, you know, it's a fucking interview, I don't give a shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, he found information about you and the Black Student Union, which was not that easy to find. Yeah, th and that was weird too, because, um, I mean, it's all just bullshit school stuff, but it was actually a multicultural club, because... I mean, obviously, in that picture, there's, like, Asian people and white and black and everything else, you know. But, I mean, the why it was changed that name to the Black Student Union is, uh, I'm guessing, something political that has to do with the 
school district, but you know, but I mean, it's 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 stuff like that where people still have the nerve to say, "Oh, Skinhead Rob, he must be a racist." Well, not really, motherfuckers. <laughs> do your history, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> obviously, someone who's part of a uh, black student union or multicultural club in high school is not going to be uh, yeah. any sort of fucking racist. So. Hello, hello, hello. That was Rob of Transplants talking about his interview uh, with Nard War. Uh, pretty cool. I think that was pretty interesting, funny, and eh, interesting. I hope I hope this is interesting to you as well. Let's move on. Uh, the next uh, the next uh, segment of uh, the um, sort of best of interviews is uh, with, uh, from my interview with Gogol Bordello, Eugene Eugene Hutz of Gogol Bordello. They were. Um, in the very very end of uh, last year, they played uh, shows in Vancouver, and I, uh, in the end of the interview, in the end of last year, I d- interviewed Eugene and um, obviously played it on uh, Rocket from Russia. Uh, that was an interesting um, interview f- for me because obviously Eugene is Russian and he speaks Russian, so it was really interesting to talk to him a little bit in Russian, but then sort of switch the languages and uh, talk, uh, do the interview in the language which I'm personally not the best at. Uh, we we talked about uh, his uh, experience of working with Goran Bregovic. Uh, Goran Bregovic is a legend of Balkan music, and it was definitely an, an honor for Eugene uh, to work uh, with Goran Bregovic. So let's hear about this experience, pretty interesting story, and obviously then we'll hear uh, their song, uh, song which they contributed uh, together for uh, Goran Bregovic, Bregovic's uh, album Champagne for Gypsies. Uh, this is Eugene Hutz of Gogol Bordala. You also worked recently with uh, Goran Bregovic and his new album uh, Champagne of Gypsies. Could you please tell a little bit about this process? What was was it like, uh, you know, collaborative process, or was it his songs and you helped him? It was great. He just called me one day and he said, "Hey, you know, I'm Goran Bregovic. You you know my stuff." I said, "Fucking am I? Are you crazy?" He said, well, I love your stuff. Let's uh, meet. Where are you? I said, I'm in Stockholm. Uh, he said, well, I fly tomorrow to Stockholm. I'm here in Paris. So he came, we met. Um, we met, then I went back to Rio de Janeiro, where I live. And he said, hey, what about I just come in and we write and record some music in Rio? So he flew in, called me on the phone, said, I'm here. I said, well, let's go to my friend's gypsy house and start rocking. And uh, we'd spend a week recording. It was fucking great. I think that... Five minutes. Okay. Okay. I think that actually it was so intense that we ended up going on the beach only once. You know? I mean, he's a quite, quite a maniac. Uh, uh, during working with him, I realized that exactly why he was such a big name in Balkan music because he is a real motherfucking maniac who lives and breathes that music I mean I was exhausted after working with him <laughs> and I can take a lot of shit словно пьяный Эйнштейн словно обкуренный Тесла я свалился мара поинка кресла Boeing 
cuanto utopia I am a molecule of optimism and I push, push, push
If you're wondering what the hell is going on here on CITR 101.9 FN, a whole bunch of people of Eastern European accents are uh, speaking on air. Here's the explanation. Today I'm doing the best of interviews. Uh, this is Rocket from Russia and I'm playing you the best uh, interviews which I've done uh, in 2013. And that was just a bit of my conversation with Google Bard- Eugene Hutz of Google Bordello and uh, about his experience of working with the uh, legend of Balkan music, Gordon- Goran Bregovic. We heard a song called uh, Quantum Utopia and that was uh, from Goran's uh, new album called Champagne for Gypsies. Alright, let's move on. The next part is again about one specific song. uh, The song which I uh, sort of asked the the band about this specific song. And the band gave a very interesting uh, story. The band was Larry and his flask. They had played an amazing show at the Biltmore Cabaret this uh, summer. And uh, I had a question about one of my favorite songs by the band called uh, Swing from their EP called Hobo's Layman. Let's check it out the story and then we'll hear this amazing, phenomenal, fantastic song called Swing by Larry and his flask. If you're about to dance, get on your dancing shoes because this song is too crazy to stand still. Uh, Larry and his flask talking about the song called uh, Swing. I mentioned Hobo's Lament EP earlier, and uh, one of my favorite songs on this EP is the song called Swing. It first came out in 2008 on Got It, and four years later you re-recorded this song in this amazing, amazing version with chords, which I'm just crazy about. Are you planning to do those transitions, like you mentioned, for the previous version of the band to the new version of the band, the old songs which you used to play to the new... Um, not really. We're not really planning on... It's just kind of... uh Accidental, I, well, I suppose. I, I, don't, I don't think we're planning on, yeah, really bringing anything back that we used to do that we haven't re-recorded yet. Uh-huh. Um, I think, as far as swing goes, we ended up playing it live so often that it, and we the, still so, do, and yeah. we still do. And people mm-hmm. were people really wanted it on an album. They were like, "We need this song. We need this song." So we were like, honestly, we were a little reluctant to record it. We were like, "Well, I don't know." Like all of us really didn't want to do it, and it was we were on the fence about it. We're like, "Well, if we have enough time to do it while we're in the studio." Let's let's just do it, and we'll, like if we if we don't like how it turns out in the end, then we'll just say no. Let's not put it on the on the EP. But it turned out pretty cool with that mm-hmm. big section, the horn section in the end, and we were like, and the outro. Yeah, and we were like, we were like, okay, well, and that was another uh, idea of Ray's. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, he helped us yeah, put yeah. that whole thing the together at the version, end, yeah. you know, with the big marching band yeah, sound yeah. at the end. So it was really it turned so it turned out really great, and so we were. Kind of different for us. Yeah, we were pretty so. excited to put it to actually put it on the on the on the on the uh, EP. But I don't think there's anything that we've previously done that we're that planning we're, on. That we're but pl- it could happen. That we're planning on. We have a lot of stuff. There's back, a few songs back here, there here the and fall. there. You know, yeah. there's only really left only a couple songs that we haven't re-recorded or or done again. There's actually more than you think. Well, there are. Yeah, but, but we won't go into that now. Yeah. <laughs> and you did your research. That's yeah, you did. yeah, yeah. I just really because I knew the song from the old version, mm-hmm. and I knew it. And to me, it was like one of the songs from your old version of yeah. the band. Yeah. And then at the media club in 2011, when you played in yeah. Vancouver. I just lost my soul when I heard <laughs> that was so good, oh, and I was just like, oh, "This is unbelievable!" This is like, and then I, 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 there was no version of that with horns. I was yeah, looking yeah. up on YouTube, yeah, the terrible sound quality, mm-hmm. and when you yeah. did that on paper, plasticky B, I just yeah. went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. I'm good. Let's do it. Sweet, sweet, I like to swing, swing all day and night. Sweet, sweet, I like to swing, swing all day and night. 
That was Larry and his flask with a song called Swing uh, from their EP called Hobo's Lament. Yeah, this outro section is just phenomenal. It's like marching band, horns, crazy stuff happening. This is Larry and his flask. This is how they are. Uh, let's let's move on. Uh, the next bit of the interview, uh, the next piece of uh, interview, yeah correct? Oh, my grammar is not the best, I'm good, I don't know what's going on. Uh, it's from the, so this next part will be from the recent interview with Mike Park of uh, Asian Man Records. Uh, interesting uh, thing that this uh, interview happened in the back alley of uh, venue, uh, the venue venue uh, in Vancouver on Granville Street, and there, uh, <laughs> it was like a, a very interesting, probably the least comfortable uh, interview I've, I've ever done, and um, I t- talked to Mike about a few different things about obviously his uh, record label Asian Man Records but then I also talked about his first band called Skunking Pickle and this band is a, has a legendary status in the sort of a ska scene um, they were one of the first and uh, sort of coolest uh, bands of uh, the third wave of Sky in the 90s, and Mike Parker also as a owner of Asian Man Records, obviously, you know, he had his, he has, he has his name in the Sky scene, and um, uh, this band is well known amongst not only regular humans, but as well as celebrities, and let's hear how Mike uh, talks a little bit about uh, Skanking Pickle being loved by famous people. Speaking of hanging out and being respected by celebrities, I know that your first band, Skanking Pickle, was a uh, was and still is a very influential band. And I heard that Carlos Alazarki, Carlos Alazarki, yeah, from the uh, who is uh, Reno, Chief Carl from Real, is a fan and also Margaret Cho. How, yeah, how, how did you know about Carlos Alazarki? I just did my research. Oh wow. I know he's yeah. a fan of skanky people, right? Yeah, Skank, skanky yeah. people. He was. Uh, he would. He used to live in the San Francisco area, so he would come out to all the shows. And then he had written us a letter. He had started doing the voice for a Nickelodeon cartoon called Rocco's Modern Life, and he told us he's a listen to it carefully. I'm whistling when I'm whistling. I'm whistling skanky pickle melodies. So it's very cool to hear. And in Margaret's show, we just we had done a an, a benefit in San Francisco, an ACLU benefit, many years ago, and she was speaking at it. We played, so I met her, and we just became friends. Yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> Chow, chow, chow. 
Hello, 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 this is Rocket from Russia. And we heard a song by Skanking Pickle, it's Margaret Cho, uh, from their album Sing Along with Skanking Pickle. Uh, that's the name of the album which uh, was released by Skanking People. Pickle, obviously. See, I can pronounce the band name correctly. All right, uh, next part is uh, probably one of the most uh, of the most interesting stories I've heard this year, and it's not like something unusual. I just uh, felt really cool, and um, you know, uh, for 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 the band and for uh, the people in the story. This story was told to me by Jimmy from the band called Polar Bear Club. Uh, they opened for Bad Religion uh, this April, and um, they were on this huge tour of Bad religion and you know being they're young guys they're like in their early mid-20s sort of and playing with legends uh, it's 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 a crazy experience obviously a certain part of the interview was uh, about that and then uh, jimmy told me a pretty cool and interesting story about uh, uh being on tour with bad religion so let's check it out this is jimmy of polar bear club uh talks about experience of touring with legendary bad religion I know that out of all punk scene, pro Pennywise Unknown Road is probably your the most um, influential straight up punk rock album growing up. Uh, what was your connection with the uh, Better Religion growing up? Um, I was, I, I didn't get into Bad Religion until a little bit later. I think, of course, everyone knows about Bad Religion, but um, getting into like Pennywise first was a little strange because, especially being from the East Coast, because they were kind of similar when you were younger. I mean, when you grow up and you listen to it more, you hear the difference, you know what I mean? But the sort of, like, California nuances in skate punk or fast punk was a little bit lost on 15-year-old New York boy myself. Um, so I got into it a little bit later on. I was, I mean, really into punk at, like, 15, 16 um, but I probably didn't start listening to Bad Religion until I was in college, like 19 or 20. Um, so it was a little bit more of an intellectual choice than like that young, just blowing my mind, melting my brain, like I'd never heard anything like this. It was more like, oh, this is good, I'm going to start liking this now and start going back and getting into it sort of backwardsly, as, as you do sometimes with bands. Exactly, for me it was exactly the same, because yeah. it was not the band which I, you know, kind of grew up listening, yeah. got to them over time, and like then I realized how influential they are. Our drummer is the exact opposite. He was so obsessed when he was younger. I mean, they, they are probably his favorite band of all time. So, I mean, hands down. imagine this tour for him. Is. Yeah, and then I don't, I don't know if you heard about how he was playing drums with them. No, I didn't. So, their drummer had to leave the tour for a week uh, for the family emergency, and they asked our drummer to play. And so they went to him and they said, well, we're thinking about doing a half acoustic set. Do you think you could play six or seven songs? And he said, hands down, I can play your whole set back to front and, and more and then some. <laughs> and so he did and he fucking nailed it, man. He killed it. Like he, he learned how to play drums on Bad Religion songs. I mean, he has a bunch of Bad Religion tattoos. They're his favorite band of all time. And he got to play drums with them for a week. Like it was one of the craziest things that's ever happened to us as a band. And I know for him, when we got just got offered the tour, he was like ecstatic. And then now he's playing in the band. You know, it's like, it was a really big deal for him. Uh, three years ago, we did a cover of Bad Religion's uh, version, uh, Better of Dead, for yeah. the tribute album, Jersey of Perfection. 
And uh, when you were in studio doing a version of Black Flag's uh, TV party for Repo Man Tribute, you were wondering and joking around if Henry Rollins will actually like this, vers- this version. Did you get a chance to find out if Bad Religion guys like your version of Better of Dead, uh, being on tour with them? I never asked them on this tour, but, but I did hear through the grapevine when it first went out uh-huh. that they did like it. Nice. And that I think Brett was particularly fond of it because that's I believe a song that, that Brett wrote um, and we kind of picked it because of that because it was more it was like one of the more uh, emotional Bad Religion songs um, and we, we liked that so we were like cool like maybe no one will do this and, and no one did so but I did sort of hear through the grapevine that, that they were into it um, but we haven't brought it up <laughs> yet here on tour <laughs> I don't know. I feel weird. Like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a great version of your song. So what do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't play that song live though, which oh. is interesting. But um, it's a great song. We we pretty much when we were doing that, we just we couldn't decide, so we put three songs in a hat and pulled pulled that one out. I I can't remember. I know one of them was Fertile Crescent, but I can't remember what the third one was. Um, I, I I can't remember what it was. But uh, I was I was. I think it worked out well that we ended up going with that one. Daisies instead Better off dead Yeah, better off dead A smile on the 
Hello, 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 Rocket from Russia on air, best of interviews of this year, and we heard uh, the Polar Bear Club's version of the song uh, Better of Death, which was originally recorded and written by Bad Religion. I think this is an amazing story, just imagine uh, being, uh, grew up on a band, and then being a member of this uh, band for a week, like, you know, for the music fans, it's just, to me, it's unbelievable, like, the... I'm just super happy. Like, to me, it's like uh, a phenomenal story how just the guy was probably the happiest person in the world for just one week. Uh, great, great story uh, from Jimmy of Polar Bear Club. All right, let's move on. We're in the final sort of 30 minutes of this uh, show. I have a few more segments. Hopefully, it's not boring for you. Hopefully, you're still uh, listening. Hopefully, it's, um, you know, so there's uh, some interesting stories and some good music. Uh, next part is uh, f- by the band The Shell Corporation. They played here uh, in the summer, and I will uh, play you a song called Looking for a War. Uh, and in again, this is a segment of the interview when we specifically talked about the interview and the interesting uh, story about this uh, song that um, this uh, the lyrics for the song was uh, influenced or actually are uh, the lyrics are the in, in from the old uh, poem Irish poem so let's listen to that to me it's a very again interesting story very unusual sort of way of writing songs uh, the shell corporation uh, talking about uh, from uh, looking uh, about the song looking for a war my favorite song on the, on the EP is uh, Looking for a War, and it features uh, your bassist Sean wife. Her name is Nikki, and she contributes wonderful, beautiful vocals to the songs, and she really adds up uh, to the song. I can't believe that she doesn't play in a band, that she's, that's just her pure talent. She's been in lots of bands in the past, she's uh-huh. just not in any bands right now. Okay, which bands she was in? Um, she was in a band in LA called Toy Robot, and she was in uh, a a touring U2 cover band. Whoa. I hope I, I got that right. I think it was a touring U2 cover band. And they went all over the world touring. They played a bunch of uh, USO shows for soldiers over in Bosnia. And, uh-huh. and uh, she's been all over the place. So she does have a whole lot of natural talent, but that's backed up by a whole lot of practice and experience as well. <laughs> yeah, because she really adds up to the song. And the other interesting thing about this song, Looking for a War, that it featured... The lyrics uh, for the songs are inspired by a poem poem called An Irish Airman Forces His Death by W.B. Yeats. Um, I know that some other songs from Shell Corporation are influenced by the poems. What's your relationship with the poetry and how did you come up about that? I love good poetry. Um, and that's to say that most poetry I don't find very good. But um, I'm also... Uh, believe it or not a lazy lyricist it takes a lot for me to actually sit down and write so if i can sit if i can steal something that i love that someone else already wrote mm-hmm. it makes my job much easier and especially if i already love it and it already has the message that i was going to write anyway someone already did it better mm-hmm. may as well borrow it from them so uh, uh actually the new record mandrake doesn't have any songs. i didn't steal anything on that record Good job. So, uh, we, we we covered a song but i didn't take any poetry for any lyrics so. uh-huh um, but yeah, that's that's the, that Irish Airman foresees his own death, and from the first record, Ozymandias are yeah. two of my yeah. all-time favorite poems. Yeah. So because I found this uh, the uh, the poem by W. B. Yeats on the uh, YouTube, and someone actually reading, and uh, it was really interesting to hear first your song mm-hmm. and hear like a memorize those lines and then hear those lines in a little bit different order yeah. mixed up with different lines just when someone's just reading as a poem it's, it was an interesting experience yeah and that's uh, interesting to write songs that way I like when you're setting a poem to music it, I, I feel like you have that freedom to reinterpret the the cadence and 
um, with, I took a lot of liberty with the W.B. Yeats poem because uh, there was there is no real chorus in most poems yeah. unless it's a, a lyric or a chorus poem uh-huh. like an epic. But neither of those poems are, so I had to like build a chorus or make one up, and uh, to to redo the lines and make it a song and not a poem. should meet my fate somewhere among the clouds above those that I fight I do not hate those that I guard I do not love my country is killed hard and cross my countrymen killed hard and poor not like the end could bring them loss or leave them happier than before nor law nor duty bade me fight nor public men nor cheering crowds a lonely impulse of delight draws this tumult in the clouds. I balanced all, brought all to mind. The years to come seem waste of breath. A waste of breath, the years behind. In balance with this life, this death.
looking for a fight Hello, hello, that was the Shell Corporation from California with their song Looking for a War from their EP Time and Pressure. And before that, just to give you a uh, comparison, uh, what uh, Jan was talking about, uh, the Shane McGowan's of uh, Pogues, he did the same poem, uh, but he did it sort of in a lyrical way. So, as you can see, like the lyrics are, no, the order of lines is a little bit different. Like, uh, yeah, like the, the, to make a song out of the poem, you obviously have to change a little bit and create the chorus uh yeah okay uh let's move on let's move on to the next part the next part uh, again from a recent interview that the band from australia the smith street band they opened from Fla uh for F frank turner in october and we did an interview with the smith street band and as it's supposed to be as anything australian is super fun super rowdy super a lot of la laughs and here's a story uh, a story uh how the smith street band played music in public transit yeah, you like to play interesting places, uh, Nunnery, and then yeah, the Rider Store, and then uh, another uh, play, an interesting place to perform. I watched the video you performing on a tram. Is that the mm. common place for a band to play a show in Australia? Oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah. No, um, that was for this company uh, called is it Tram Sessions. It's like like little. Uh, it's a couple of uni students who basically. Um, yeah, you set up on the tram and they film it and you play. And yeah, we did a few songs. And there was like half of the people on the tram were like, yeah. Other people were like moving their kids away. <laughs> um, kind, kind of went down with it. But yeah, that was, that was really fun. That was like, yeah, you just get on the tram, set up, play, and then get off. <laughs> I can't imagine how some people were confused because. People I were confused. Yeah. <laughs> I can't sleep when you're around. Excitement is too much for me. And if I'm going out of tune. Hope you go along with me Cause we're all, 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 all Such lovely people And one day we'll all find someone One day we'll all find someone I just hope I'm alive Hope I'm alive When it happens
woke up feeling like Sigourney Weaver, yeah Something inside of me trying to get out And if this wasn't my home, surely I would leave you behind Something inside of me trying to get out And my destiny trying to drive out Something inside of me trying to get out There's something inside of me trying to get out There's something inside of me trying to get out There's something inside of me trying to get out so beautiful with your back to me you turn around and give me a one look for stack to me i whisper in your ear don't you ever disappear and you whisper back don't you ever fucking touch me three women like queens even after they leave i'm sure who i miss but i know what i need some skin in the gaps where the skin used to be not even 20 but i look 45, going what you want, emotional fight, they want suicide, everything changed on the day that a father died, she always told me that I look just like him, she always told me that I look just like him, and if I fell in the forest, there was no one else around me, then I'm guessing I would have to call on you because no one gets lost anymore No one gets lost anymore Or if I fell in the forest There was no one else around me Then I'm guessing I would have to call on you Because no one gets lost anymore No one gets lost anymore Hello, hello, that was the Smith Street Band uh, from Australia, uh, the, the song uh, called Sigourney Weather, I don't know what that means, hopefully something good, uh, No One Gets Lost Anymore, that's the name of, of the album by the Smith Street Band from Australia, we're almost done here with uh, playing the best segments of interviews uh, which I've done this year, 2013, hopefully this is interesting to you, hopefully you're not uh, falling asleep, uh, duh, 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 and you're enjoying this, uh, let's move on, uh, next, uh, again, a specific question about specific song, uh, uh, this, the name of the song is uh, Television Youth, uh, two from the by the band Sonic Avenues uh, from uh, Montreal. We talked to Max uh, this uh, September and uh, he told a pretty cool story about uh, an amazing song called the Television Youth, one of my favorite songs released last year. The song Television Youth, what a brilliant, brilliant title track. It was interesting for me to hear when you said that you tried a lot of different parts because in my opinion this song is in terms of uh, structure, yeah. it's just genius. Cool, the nice. ways you use the differences in first and second verses and then how it all sort of sounds together cool. this is this is just uh that's brilliant that's awesome that that's what we were trying to do with that particular song and giving up on you to me and mm -hmm. and waste away alone they're the same kind of structure yeah. we tried to have a lot of parts that blended together as smoothly as possible 
you know and like television news I remember when Steve Adamick filled in for Jamie back when Jamie was playing with Sonic Avenues on bass for one show and he learned television news like holy shit you guys have a lot of parts in your songs <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I cracked up like yeah I'm sorry I know I know like it's busy it's a really busy song um, but it worked out like that to me like that's what I was saying earlier like I just wanted things to feel very smooth with the progression of that song like throughout the verse and the transitions and, and I always like to bring like say you bring you take a verse and then you on your second verse you do a little something different You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, TVU didn't have that necessarily, but uh, no, no, you, you take no, wa that, Waste no. Away Alone, like, has that, like, with, like a little lead instead, and yeah. Yeah, well, like, that's, that's what we were trying to do there, to keep things dynamic at the same time, but, like, still, like, very fluent, like, very smooth, mm -hmm. as smooth as possible. The new record, though, like, the changes are very more drastic, though. It goes from acoustic to heavy, electric, and that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. But, yeah. Tell me more about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you picked uh, the name of the song and name of the album, Television Youth, based on Fanatics. Uh, yeah. you, that sounded good to your ear. And, um, you know, television, I, uh, it was one of the options which you picked for this title. I'm yeah. curious to know what were the other options for that song uh, because it's all about gadgets and things that we yeah, have. Yeah, I was just noticing a lot of people around me like getting drowned into their gadgets like cell phones like smartphones computers all the time always on social networks and everything and people with like real this like you know real potential and everything but they spent so much time just on idle mode that it was infuriating people complaining that I don't have time to do all my stuff all my art and everything like dude just take all that time that you spent on your thing focus on your art go sit down at your house put the fucking phone sorry put the phone away put the thing like you know and that to me I'm like I want to write a song about this because this is go becoming like it's growing like like a, a cancer you know like in our society these days I don't want to make a statement like you know a philosophical statement by it but I want to write about it and I just noticed it around me so much like people with amazing potential doing nothing just leaving their brains on idle mode just adrift you know not exploiting their 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 talent and potential and I was like okay well I'm not gonna call this song like we're the iPhone generation or <laughs> I don't want to name like name like you know drop bombs on names and stuff you know like or something like that um, but tele television was to me it, phonetically it sounded great and also like I'm an adverts fan you know television's over and that kind of stuff you know <laughs> television personalities like I mean yeah, the word yeah, television yeah. is infused in punk history and like I want a song that has that word you know and uh, ended up being the best sounding title so like we picked that one yeah yeah for the album and the best song on the album oh, thanks <laughs> like people think you know like uh, people think that song only refers about like television that kind of stuff but it's, it, it only like epitomizes like that phenomenon that's mm -hmm. ongoing these days I'm not against it like I'm freaking leashed to my phone myself <laughs> but I force myself to do my song writing yeah. <laughs> you know and put it aside yeah, or, inco or incorporate it sometimes you know <laughs> between two lyrics oh yeah I'll take some around and yeah
That was Sonic Avenues from Montreal with their song Television Youth and the whole story about it, uh, about the song. Uh, almost done. Uh, the second last uh, really quick uh, um, pieces of conversation uh, with uh, Steve Adamuk Band and their story about uh, the song uh, Set It Up and relationship to one of the best uh, local Vancouver bands called Needles and Pins. So this is Steve Adamuk Band versus Needles and Pins. Uh, set it up really... On the new album, uh, third, uh, Set It Up is my favorite track. And would you agree that this is the catchiest piece of music written by Steve? May, it, I don't know, but maybe the catchiest. That's it, funny because... It, it's, it's very short. <laughs> that song is actually directly related to the Vancouver band Needles and Pins. Cool. It's something that they say all the time, like, Hey, pass me a beer. Oh, set it up. Or I'm going to do this. Oh, set it up. You know, it's always... We actually stole that line from oh. them. I mean, <laughs> I wrote the song, but the lyrics and everything, like the whole concept, it was just something that like we as a group... like. Uh, it's it was like kind of like that song is like a, an ode to that band because uh, we love them so much. Yeah. And, yeah. So the song was influenced by Needles, Needles and Pins. Pins. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. That was Steve Adam McBand, the song called Set It Up, and uh, how the song was influenced by the local band called Needles and Pins. This is it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, that was a special two-hour episode of uh, all the best uh, interviews uh, which I've done this year. Hopefully it was interesting for you. Uh, to me, it was interesting just to review and to sort of remember uh, cool stories. If you like what you heard, you can check out this podcast and all the other episodes of Rocket from Russia on CITR.ca. Um, iTunes, uh, Facebook, uh, Facebook.com. Uh, slash rocket from russia and my blog rocket from russia dot tumblr dot com in the next two episodes will be two another best of episodes but uh, much less talking i won't do any talking it will be the best songs uh, released by vancouver bands uh, this year and then the very fast uh, very last episode of the year all my favorite tracks uh, released uh, in 2013 this is it thank you so much for listening duncan's donuts coming up next the one of the best shows in canada legendary duncan Play, will play you some music. He is genius. He is one of the best DJs, and he's definitely a person who I was uh, and still is very influenced um, by. And he is sort of a mentor and a legend for me. And uh, just to finish up this whole thing with interviews, I'll leave it up with uh, the final segment of my conversation with Luke uh, from of the band called Lipstick Homicide. To me, that was the most uh, the coolest story I heard uh, from a band uh, this year. To me, it's just an unbelievable, so f- such funny story, and the way he. 
tells that he just has a natural talent uh, of a storyteller. So this is Lake of Lipstick Homicide. Uh, thank you so much for listening. That was a special two-hour episode of Best of uh, Best of Interviews <laughs> in 2013. Uh, see you next year, next uh, week uh, with a whole bunch of local music. Thanks for listening, uh, and I leave you the look of Lipstick Homicide and uh, his uh, story. His in- extremely cool story. Thank you. Bye bye. Have a super weekend. Your amazing song will be okay was featured on the compilation, obviously. The thing that ate later Livermore. Mm-hmm. Um, when did you realize that appearance on this compilation gave you a little bit more attention to the band? Um, well, when we were first What's asked to, moments? yeah, well, when we were first asked to do it, we're like, well, this could be, you know, a lot, but more so, we we're just anytime we're asked to do anything, we're pretty excited because when we're home in Iowa, we just work, you know, poopy jobs and make food for people to pay rent, so and to save money to go on tour, obviously, and uh, so anytime we're asked to do anything like. We were featured on a Go-Go compilation. We yes, got to cover yes. the How Much More song by them, which is one of my favorite Go-Go songs. So anytime we're asked to do something like that, we're, we get pretty excited. But I guess it really hit us when uh, when we were on the internet and there was like a tweet from, from Billy Joe being like, holy shit, I just heard Lipstick Homicide song on Larry's comp. And I mean, that's I just had to just you know change my pants right away. That was, that was a little too much for me. Just, you know. So I think that's when it really hit. But also, uh, Larry came out to Michigan to to hang out with us and talk about. To, he watched us play at like an Elks Club to three people who were there for like a a rave show. They were there for dance music. So he was the only one there really to see us, and he had a blast. So it was it was really surreal being like you're Larry Livermore, and you like you know just it wasn't just like he just picked these random bands and was like okay make a comp. Like he really enjoyed these ba- like he went I know I was talking with mixtapes and they're like yeah he came to one of our shows and just you know hung out was really into everything we were doing so I think that's when it really was just like what did this is this really happening did we crash our car are we is this like you know some alternate reality that we're making up or is this really happening is you know so I th- yeah it was really awesome though uh, you mentioned the um, uh, Billy Joe and the, one of the biggest, or maybe even the biggest show of your life. You played at the Irvin Plaza at September or September fifteenth when you opened for Green Day, um, and I know that they are one of your favorite band. I know that there is a not interesting, but a pretty. I like the story how it all happened. That first letter sent you an email, and then you got the phone call. Could you please tell the story because I really think it's a cool story. Uh, yeah, I was. We were all at home in Iowa, and I think I had to go to work at Panera Bread and we're all probably smoking pot because it's kind of what we do when we're bored and then Rachel came down and she's like I don't even know what to do with this email right now and she showed me and it was just Larry being like I'm really trying to get a hold of you can you guys come down to New York it was Thursday he's like can you come down to New York on Saturday and play a show for me and like, he was kind of unspecific and I was like well tell him yes like who cares like if Larry's asking us to play a show it's probably going to be awesome like our jobs aren't that important important so i ran up and i got my phone because it was charging my phone sucks i currently lost it but uh i listened to my voicemail and there was like luke uh it's it's larry calling you here uh just wondering if i I don't know how else to get a hold of you guys i'm sorry for calling you i'm just wondering if you guys could maybe come up to new york on saturday it opened for green day (laughs) really silly i was like what like 
Well, is, I, I just figured I had just gotten prank called by uh, the dudes from the like buns from the Jetty Boys and all these guys like prank called me and like, what's a Brover tale? Like asking me all this random stuff and I'm just like so I figured it was a prank call obviously like yeah we're gonna go and open for Green Day like that's gonna happen you know we just got done with the tour you know playing basement shows for 20 people every night and but yeah and then so we messaged him back and he's like okay cool and we went. I went to work and I was like, hey, I need to be off work tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And they're like, you're fired. What? No. And then I was just like, oh, come on. My band's got to go open for Green Day. And they're like, yeah, right. And I was like, no, really, we're going to go open for Green Day. And they're like, okay, you're not fired. They're like, you can go do that. That's cool. We'll find people to cover your shifts. And I was like, really? And like, then like, yeah, we got back. It was, it was super fun. Everyone was really nice. And then like, all of a sudden, my parents, instead of being like, go get a real job, they're like, Oh, my kid opened for Green Day. Like, <laughs> it's the most utterly, rid- it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like, it's like it doesn't make any sense. Like, everything we've done was unimportant, I guess, in to, like, you know, the masses. And then, like, you'd play one show that was just thrown together last minute, just some last minute, like, oh fuck it, yeah, let Lipstick Homicide play. And like, then all of a sudden, it's just like, oh yeah, you don't need to go to college. That's fine. We're totally cool. Yeah. <laughs> It was yeah. It was it was really rad though. It was. I still think we might have crashed, and this is all just you know, not real. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, fucking isotopes. <laughs> Some isotopes. I love that band. This can't be real. <laughs> Yes, all of your haters. Yes, all of your haters. Yes, us. 
There is one winner tonight, and there is life. I don't know what to say. Uh, uh, the winner tonight of Shindig 2013 is War Baby. Stop.